welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Half Hour on the Jitter Monkey Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahachko, and Skyping in from L.A., he is the co-host on the West Coast. That was a really bad L.A. I kind of leaned into it a little much. I apologize to all of our listeners who are shaking their heads and rolling their eyes in mic. I'm talking specifically to you. Anyway, welcome the co-host, Chad Smart. Hello, Chad. Hello, Greg. And, you know, you take the L.I. from Letterkenny, but it's been six months since the last season of Letterkenny was released. Are people still watching the Letterkenny? Are they just waiting for the new season? I, I have not gone back and rewatched. So what I did before the last season was I went back and rewatched everything leading up to the last season, probably in in the three or four weeks leading up to uh, you know, that season, but I haven't done anything yet. We haven't had any new letter Kenny in a while. I imagine, uh, as things in the world are a little crazy, uh, that, uh, they have probably suspended some of their production. So hmm. do you think the COVID made it to the, uh, great white North? It did. My guess is it was probably handled a lot better. Well, fewer people, more distance, except for the DJs. I bet they didn't. They're not wearing the masks. The DJs from up country. Yeah. Yep. I'll tell you what, though. I could probably, I, I could definitely go for some fishing in Quebec right about now. So, but we're not here to talk about North of the Border Letterkenny. We are here to talk about another movie that I hope you all have had the ability or the opportunity to watch. I know you can watch it now on Hulu if you have the Hulu service. Or also, if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it with no additional money down. And the movie we're going to be talking about this week, which we haven't done one of these in some time, is the 2019 film, The Peanut Butter Falcon. Chad, uh, you suggested this movie, and I'm glad you did. I had heard of the movie, but I didn't know much about it. And I just finished watching it literally five to ten minutes before we sat down to record so everything's pretty fresh in my mind uh what how did you come across the peanut butter falcon i don't remember how it was i, I just know that when it came out in theaters in august of 2019 i was aware of the film i think maybe when i had gone to see might have been the documentary about now that would have been earlier i think i saw another movie and they played a trailer for the peanut butter falcon and i said wow this looks really interesting and then WWE came out and said that they had invited the star of the film, Zach Godigan. God, Godigan? I hope I pronounced that correctly, but my gimmick is I mispronounced names, so I didn't. I'm just living a character. I'm going to say Gotsigan because it's G-O-T-T-S-A-G-E-N, so who knows? I knew there was an S in there somewhere. Um, but WWE had come out and said that they had invited him to WrestleMania Pirate Ship this year, uh, which unfortunately he did not get to attend due to the COVID situation, but that kind of struck me as, okay, why are they inviting him, you know, so many months ahead of time? And then I, I, I saw some interviews that Zach and Shia LaBeouf, who stars in the film as well, had done. And, I, you know, I have to say that I, I ironically say 20, uh, Cats is my favorite movie of 2019 because it's just so out there that I think everybody should watch it. But non-ironically, the Peanut Butter Falcon was my favorite film of 2019, so I'm glad that it's now available for more people to have the opportunity to see. Yeah, in in uh, the 
quickest review that I can give of the movie before we get into, you know, some more specific things. I call this movie a must watch for a lot of, uh, a lot of different reasons, but, uh, I don't know. It's, it's got its down on its luck, you know, charm to it. Uh, honestly, I didn't even know there was the wrestling aspect, uh, to it. I thought, and if you look at, you know, some of the posters and some of the, uh, promotion material that are maybe just stills or something like that, you see the, the peanut butter falcon and there's often a raft or some type of water device. And I thought the peanut butter falcon referred to a boat or a ship. And that's not the case at all. Um, the movie's only about a year old, so I don't know how much we want to get as far as spoilers go. Um, but the, the quick premise of the movie is that Zach, uh, who is a, a person with down syndrome, but his family had, they explain in the movie, his family's unable to properly care for him. Uh, so they kind of just put him in a nursing home, which is unfortunate because he's, you know, in his young twenties and everybody else in the nursing home isn't, uh, with a little help and kind of a comical, uh, scene escapes from the nursing home and, you know, stows away on a boat that is, uh, I can't really say captain, but, you know, driven by Shia LaBeouf and they kind of make an agreement that they're going to, you know, Shia LaBeouf's going to deliver Zach to, uh, a wrestling school that he's been wanting to go to for years. And then he's going to go down to Florida. Shia LaBeouf's uh, character's in some trouble. And so there's a little bit of a chase afoot. And uh, Zach's also being uh, followed by Eleanor, played by Dakota Johnson, because uh, she works at the uh, nursing home and is, uh, you know, cares for Zach uh, like as a, as a caretaker type, you know. So um, without giving too many spoilers away, you know, that I, there are a lot of fun moments along the ride, I thought, uh, uh, Chad, and some, like I said, some, some really heartwarming moments as well. Yeah, I, I think this movie is definitely made by the friendship formed by Shia LaBeouf and Zach. And you mentioned the rap. I'll just throw it out there that a lot of publicity material for this movie calls it a modern-day Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn type film with uh, these two going down the river on a raft. But, yeah, I just – and that's where the relationship, looking at real-life interviews that they did for promotion of the film, just got the sense that Shia and Zach became, like, best friends. And it shows in in the movie. And I, I think, you know, one of the best parts of the film, one of the best attributes is even though, you know, Zach – when he introduces himself to, to Shia, he's like, you know, I, I have down syndrome and Shia's like, okay. And then like, he never brings it up. And then later there was a scene with Dakota Johnson where, where it comes up, but, but Shia never treats him differently than anybody else. And I, I think that's a message that, you know, especially in, you know, you look around the world today, it's a message that we need to hear or we need to be more open to. And I just, uh, I, again, I, I just find that relationship so uh, natural and it doesn't feel forced at all. I, I want to piggyback on what you were saying there because um, I'm not going to 
this is uh, this is probably isn't the right way to say things, but there's a little bit of like reverse discrimination going on uh, when when Shia LaBeouf, uh, who plays Tyler, we'll just get that uh, out of the way. Uh, you know, El- Eleanor or Dakota Johnson's character is trying to stop Zach from doing things, and and Tyler says, "Don't don't treat him like a you know you're treating him like a R word. I don't like the word. I'm not going to use the word." And she's like, "I would never call anybody." That. She's like, "Well, by by trying to prevent him from you know." pushing his limits and seeing what he can do, you're essentially saying, well, you can't do these things. You're not capable. You're not qualified, things like that. And I feel like that's a lot of, uh, his message to her was, you know, like your, your reverse discrimination while you think you're doing what's good for him, you're actually just putting limits on him that, you know, shouldn't be there. Yeah, I totally. And that's, you know, again, it goes into that creating a real character, as opposed to just a character for a film. Mm. And, you know, there, there isn't a lot of story in the film. You say, you know, it's, it's very kind of basic two guys on the run being chased or tracked and trying to get to a goal. But it's those scenes that just, you know, sitting around a campfire or sitting on the raft talking, it's, or te- teaching teaching Zach uh, how to float or swim, you know. Yeah, or how to shoot a gun. It's yeah, th- just those moments that uh, encapsulate this film and, and make it real. And actually, you know, at the end when they get to the wrestling school and everything that happens there, I felt some of that kind of undercut the film because then it became more of a you know kind of stock Hollywood film, and, and the ending the. Climax is interesting. I, I do think that the ending's a little cheap, but I, I won't spoil anything. Uh, I, but I did kind of the first time that I saw the movie, kind of shook my shook my head and went, "Ah, oh, why did you do that?" But uh, but again, the performance by Zach is, you know, it, I'm trying to think. I don't know if we've had a a positive Down syndrome portrayal since uh, Corky on the show Life Goes On back in the like, early 90s. So and, the only yeah. the only one that I know of, and I don't know how positive it was because I didn't watch the show, but at the time my wife did for a little while. It used to be on ABC Family, and it was the secret life of an American teenager. There was one of the siblings, mm. not – Maybe not a, a the main character, but like a sibling of a main character was was someone named named was someone with Down syndrome. But I don't remember enough specifics of the show to, uh, you know, say if it was you know positive, negative, or or you know a, a decent portrayal or a stereotypical portrayal. Yeah, that's a show that I know exists, but I've never seen. So uh, you're, you're lucky. Glad that there is that there has been you know some representation besides a role 30 years ago, but it's again, this movie, I watched it the night before we record this podcast and I hadn't seen it since it came out a year ago. And I'm just sitting there watching this whole movie and granted over the past week, I've watched a lot of really bad movies. And so seeing the peanut butter fucking was a nice palate cleanser, but it's just, I mean, I can't say enough good things about this movie. It is just, I, I think it's, it's a shame that it kind of flew under the radar and I hope now that it's on streaming platforms and people are still kind of at home, 
you know, people will check it out or give it a chance. But there's just, I mean, there's nothing negative really that I can say about this movie. Hmm. Uh, so as for, for the ending, right. And as for, uh, you know, the, the technical aspects of it, um, it was, it's, uh, Armory Films. These are production companies, Armory Films, 1993, Lucky Tree House, and more had a budget of 6,000, or not 6,000, that's a very small budget, $6,200,000 estimated budget. Uh, it's opening weekend in the U.S., which was, uh, oddly enough, uh, you know, just a year ago, as we're, as we're dropping this on, uh, the 13th, it, it uh, opened in the U.S. in, on, uh, August 11th, 2019. Mm -hmm. That opening weekend was two hundred four thousand dollars or two hundred four seven hundred nine. Let me try this again: two hundred four thousand uh, seven hundred ninety-three dollars. Uh, grossed in the U.S. Uh, about twenty point five million dollars, and cumulatively in the worldwide gross was twenty three point five million. So, you always in in a situation like this, you always want to you know see that it made its budget back, and it did by about four, you know, give or take. Um, but, uh, filmed in Savannah, Georgia. And again, their, uh, you know, their end game or hit Tyler's end game is Florida while Zach is trying to get to this wrestling school in uh, one of the Carolinas. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the wrestling aspect because, uh, Zach is holding on to aspirations of becoming a wrestler. He wants to, uh, train under the saltwater redneck played by Thomas Hayden church who many people still know 20-something years later as Lowell from Wings. Uh, I thought you were going to go with Sandman. I, I could have, too. Um, he's been another thing. I remember I remember him in Ned and Stacy. Do you remember you that one, Chad? I remember that. Yeah, that was after Wings. Yes. Um, and, of course, Sideways. Yeah. I, um, I had used to have Sideways on DVD, believe it or not. And Alexander yeah, Payne Church is a great actor. Tombstone. I'm just going to throw out. I'm going to have Tourette's on Thomas Hayden Church. Movie. Please do Thomas Hayden Church mo Church movies. I'm not going to say that again. But yeah, I'm just going to interject every so often. A movie that comes to mind. So, um, so it it does have, as you mentioned, you mentioned WWE earlier. It does have a couple of Hall of Famer connections as Jake the Snake Roberts and uh, Mrs. Foley's baby boy, Mick Foley are both uh, in the movie towards uh, the climactic scene. And again, no spoiler, but I thought, and this was actually a surprise to me that they didn't do this, but I thought at the end when uh, Zach hoisted up the opponent for his signature move, I thought they were going to do an old familiar wrestling trope of, uh, you know, when they throw someone out of the ring, uh, you know, to the two couple of bad guys waiting on the floor, but they went a different way. You, you picking up what I'm putting down as far as what uh, what I'm thinking of here? I don't think so. You know how in in and I think it, it really bothers Jim Ross about this. How you know if there's oh, where a, people are waiting to catch him? Exactly. I thought I thought that uh, couple the the pursuing bad guys were going to be okay. catching. I got you now. Okay. Okay. Carry on. Yeah. Yeah, the wrestling aspect, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting because they go with a very, very backyard wrestling scene. It's not um, 
and I was a little confused over some of the names because when they're talking to uh, the saltwater redneck trying to line up this match and he's talking to uh, the Jake the Snake character, but he's mentioning what I guess turned out to be McFoley's character, but I thought he was talking to Jake. It was that part I found a little uh, confusing because pronouns, man. Yeah, pronouns, pal. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, I think it played off well, and especially the, like the first introduction to Thomas Hayden Church. Uh, again, it, it just gives you that sense of hope and that there are good people out there in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, um, you know, when the, talking about the production notes, one thing I did read that I found interesting is Zach's roommate in the old folks' home is Bruce Stern. Yes, it is. Um, which, if you've not seen the movie Nebraska, I highly recommend it. Greg, I know you have Nebraska ties, so I hope you've seen the movie. I have not. Well, you should. Um, but something I found interesting is in this movie, Bruce Stern's in it, works with Dakota Johnson. And I don't have the movies in front of me, but Bruce Stern has also worked with Melanie Griffith and Don Johnson, who are Dakota Johnson's parents. And he also worked with Tippi Hedren, who is Dakota Johnson's grandmother. Hmm. So he's just worked with the entire family. I wonder if they exchange Christmas cards. You would think at this point he'd almost have to, wouldn't he? You would think so. That's Uh, interesting. I don't know that much. I haven't seen that much out of Dakota Johnson. I know she's in the Fifty Shades movies, which uh, I've never had the interest in watching. I'll be honest with you. It was a blight on her career, her young career. And she was in a – speaking of Ned and Stacy, which is a short-lived Fox show, she was in a short-lived Fox show with Nat Faxon, which actually was much more recent than Ned and Stacy, but the name escapes me. Um, but she – I think she's a – she does a good job in this film as well. Um, there's really no – you know, that's why I was a little disappointed come Oscar time or Golden Globe that this movie didn't get any recognition because I think everybody – played the parts so well that maybe they were uh, unconvincing as acting because it just felt so natural. Uh, Dakota Johnson was in an episode of The Office. Mm. She was in the finale. She was Kevin's replacement. Uh, I think that? I think the TV series you might be referring to or thinking of is Ben and Kate. Yes. 2012, 2013, something like that, that region. Uh, Sounds right. She was also in The Social Network. Was in uh, 21 Jump Street. And you, the aforementioned Fifty Shades movies. Um, I mean, she's worked pretty steadily since she came onto the scene in, uh, I will say 2010 with the social network. She did one shot in uh, 1999, but I don't think that counts if you don't do anything for 11 years. So. Yeah, I mean, that's why her parents keep telling me, so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and there's another familiar face in there who I don't think he ha- even says a word, but it's the second movie he's been in with Shia LaBeouf, and that is John Bernthal. Hmm. He was, okay. of course, Shane in The Walking Dead. Of course. Of course. You can't protect him, Rick. But uh, they also co-starred in the movie Fury. World War II tank movie that also starred Brad Pitt. Michael Pena, I believe, was in that movie. And that 
was that's a fantastic movie. I, I just want to put that out there. Never seen it. I had a copy of it ripped on my computer for about a year. Never watched it. Well, you'll appreciate this since you introduced me to the Tubi app. Mm-hmm. I believe it's, it's on. on I believe it's on Tubi. Or not to be. <laughs> uh, now, uh, you know, speaking of, yes, I'll find I'm just going to let that one pass. But speaking of other people in the film, John Hawk is in the film, who is an actor that I never recognize when I see him. But then when I see the name, I'm like, oh, and he has been in so many films that uh, I'm not even going to rep them out to you. But well, he, I'm looking to see if there are any of them on his list that I recognize well the two that come to mind are winter's bone and the awesome alex winter movie freaked which i saw earlier this year when you could see things with people he he, he actually showed up for the q a and he was a recurring character on eastbound down was he in the office uh not that i'm saying he was a episode or on an episode of psych um, it, it, I'll, I'll be honest with you here. Uh, not, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but his IMDb picture reminds me a lot of, um, oh, I just had the name of the two, Sean, uh, Mendez. No. <laughs> Michaels. <laughs> no. Um, Fa- Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Sean Penn. Thank you. When you look at that picture, you can be like, oh, I can see the Sean Penn resemblance. Okay. Uh, yeah, but he's good. And then his cohort in the movie and Peanut Butter Falcon is, I believe he's a rapper. His name is Yellow Wolf. Yeah, with all the tattoos. That, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I know the name, but I couldn't tell you anything that he has done. But So, yeah, but they, they again, they do their jobs well. They're not in a lot of the film, but when they do show up, I – I can believe that they would want to kick Shia LaBeouf's ass and would stop at nothing to do so. Can we can we talk? I don't think we, we've done it yet. Can we talk about Shia LaBeouf? Because he fell on some hard times. And I think the last five or so years, he's been on uh, something of a uh, rejuvenation tour. Mm-hmm. Does that sound fair to say? Yeah, I I didn't watch a lot of his early work, but reading interviews with him around that time, I I had high hopes for him because he seemed to be very aware of the bad side of Hollywood. And unfortunately, I think he kind of felt into that uh, as he got older and kind of became what he didn't want to be. And then, of course, he made the Transformer movies, which you know, maybe not exactly his fault. But, yeah, I think he has been, uh, over the last year or two, just he, he's done a lot of films that I want to see, and I, I've yet to watch Honey Boy, even though it is available on Amazon as well. Um, you know, I, I think we can all just pretend that a fourth Indiana Jones movie was never made and doesn't exist. But but Shia LaBeouf has, uh, he, I think he's choosing better projects now. He's choosing definitely more interesting. Uh, less safe projects because uh, Transformers, you know, the first one came out in 07 and I mean, they, I think, I don't know if they had it planned or not, but uh, 
Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull that you claim doesn't exist, but IMDb tells me different, came out in 08. So obviously the uh, studio was aware of where they thought that, um, you know, a, a Shia LaBeouf success might be heading. He was in Eagle Eye, which was okay. I think I even owned it on a, on a DVD at one point. The other two Transformers movies, and then... I don't really know exactly where things fell off for him. I mean, I think what I don't know if it was his his um movie selection or his off-screen antics, but uh I mentioned Fury like it was a couple of years ago, but Fury was 2014. Um you know, he as you mentioned Honey Boy, he's doing I think less safe, more more independent projects, which might be good for him. I mean, it, it, I don't know. It, it's it's uh, good good on him. Yeah, well, you say that, but I, I haven't read the story, so I don't know how much of this is uh, speculation, how much is just rumor, but I did see today as we're recording that he is rumored to be in the lead to play Iceman in the MCU. Okay. I don't know if that's a new film or a new X-Men movie or – or a butt, but uh, I think that'd be be an interesting choice. I, you know, I, I, I don't think Iceman would be my first uh, superhero X Men choice if you said cast Shia LaBeouf as an X Men. But who knows? I'm trying to think of uh, Iceman's last name. I know it's Bobby something, and don't say Darren. <laughs> it's not Bobby Darren. Chad, you stinker. Knight. Bobby Knight. No. Um, I'm not going to look it up. But I think his career, uh, he, I honestly thought he was younger than this because I remember his Even Stevens days. And I thought, you know, that, I, I don't know, he's only four years younger than me. So, you know, let him let him play all the roles he wants to play while he has an opportunity to play him, I suppose. Did you ever watch Holes? Nope. Yeah, me neither. For some reason, it just hey, never conversation uh, never appealed to me. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, the the movie, I you know, I I, I like the bonding. I like the brotherly antics that uh, that Zach and Tyler get into, uh, and how somehow and I don't want to use con, but they definitely convince Eleanor to join them on this real ridiculous. You know, trip. I I do. I know. Well, I think Zach gives her no option. No, yeah, he's like, I'm not going. But well, and he does something that leads to her to going. Out oh, sure, yeah, yeah. The um, that yeah. incident, yeah. Um, but she didn't necessarily have to go with them. She could have gone out. You know, found, made a phone call, called other authorities. But also, as as her story is her. You know, conversations with the nursing home are unfolding. You realize that they have a plan for Zach that she doesn't even agree with. So I think it was easier for her to, you know, kind of say, "Nope, that's not, that's not what's going to be best for him in the long run." So I don't know. I everything came together really well for me, like you said. Uh, was it the was is it my top movie of 2019? No, because I still appreciate the MCU, Chad. So. I just say, MC you later. 
Okay. That's where we lose all of our listeners. So uh, Yeah, I, I was kind of disappointed because I was looking up um, images of Peanut Butter Falcon today and, and saw a T-shirt that I could – turns out I guess they sent it out as a publicity material for people reviewing the movie or trying to get press. But uh, there is a kind of hand-drawn Peanut Butter Falcon wrestling T-shirt that I'm like, I would buy that in a heartbeat if it's mm-hmm. available anywhere, but – you mean Pro Wrestling Tees hasn't picked that one up yet? I do not think so. Yeah, and they had like a Pro uh, Peanut Butter Falcon Wrestling Buddy created. You should uh, you should get your buddy uh, Kevin Hunsberger, the host of My One Two Three Cents, the podcast, to give you that uh, promo code so that you can get fifteen percent off whatever it is you're ordering Peanut Butter Falcon wise from my uh, Pro Wrestling Tees dot com. Uh, I think I should talk to Heath Hatton, the owner of Stride, and try to book a Kevin Hunsberger versus Zach match or peanut butter falcon versus kevin match because i would pay to see that isn't it time kevin huntsberger turned heel he's not <laughs> i mean to everybody who doesn't know him personally all of you do <laughs> all right uh well i don't know about you chad but i feel so like final thoughts we got 20 seconds 20 se- oh can i take 15 seconds and leave you 15 seconds Well, that adds up to 30, so, and we're already okay. at 10 now, so you've got... Watch it. It's on Hulu. It's on Amazon Prime. Watch the Peanut Butter Falcon. Remember, the first rule is party. And we're out of time. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.